Today is April 17th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and it is truly a blessing, a privilege, and a joy to be spending this time with you as we go, grow, and flow through the Word of God. I was watching a video on the history of the Bible this past week, and it really, how do I want to say this? It really encouraged me, I guess is the best way to say it. If you've been listening for the past week, then you know that I've been honoring my commitment of pulling back on the commentary, specifically the commentary that requires more time and study than I have to give based on my other life commitments. And to be vulnerable here, I have felt a twinge of guilt about that. And I know, I know, I know this is silly, but it's my truth. And the reason why I say it's my truth and not the truth is because When you look at the definition of the word guilt, it's a feeling of responsibility or remorse for some offense, crime, wrong, etc. And clearly, that's not what this is. So my feelings can't be the truth. Y'all still with me? So when I thought about it more deeply, I realized that my guilt or false guilt has been more about my own expectations and not meeting them rather than any actual offense or wrongdoing. An expectation that I don't even know exactly when I put on myself, but that's neither here nor there. But in watching the video, God helped me to see the truth. And when my eyes were open to it, I abandoned those feelings of false guilt immediately and tapped into my peace, my power, and most of all, my purpose. And that's really the point of why I'm sharing what I'm about to say. The video got me to thinking about the truth and significance of what we are doing here as the Bible has been preserved and transmitted through different languages, cultures, and media over the centuries. What I realized is that by showing up here, we are a part of a rich, long, and in one sense, a lost tradition of reading and listening to God's Word out loud. When we read and listen to the Bible in this public format, we are connecting with and carrying on the historical and oral traditions of the past, bringing the truths within Scripture into this present age, this present moment. We're participating in a ritual that has been passed down through the generations, a ritual that carries with it the power and wisdom of those who came before us. This is no small thing. And I really want you to understand and appreciate the gravity of this shared act of worship as we speak God's promises, proclamations, His prophecies, and receive them into our hearts and apply them to our lives today. We are partaking in a spiritual experience when we read the scriptures out loud and not merely gaining knowledge, although that's a part of it. We are feeling God's presence and power through His Word. So in a nutshell, what I'm saying is that reading the Bible out loud in and of itself is meaningful. It is more than just an intellectual exercise. It's connecting with God in a way that cannot be replicated through silent study or private contemplation, although those are important practices too. And while we shouldn't pat ourselves on the back, 
We should definitely acknowledge and share the beauty of what we're doing, the blessing and privilege that comes with being connected to a long-established custom. We are tapping into something ancient and sacred that has transformed the world and individual lives, and it continues to do so. That is something to be grateful for, not feel guilty about, Jennifer. Although, I have to say this, I can't wait till God sends me a bigger team or some support in other ways so that I can get back to more commentary and analysis because Lord knows I love to dig into the text and share my insights with y'all. Can y'all pray that prayer with me, touch and agree with me that God will send me a team who can help me do what I need to do so I can give y'all all that I want to give y'all? Okay, that's all I wanted to say about that. Let's dive in and continue our mission. Joshua chapter 15, New Living Translation, the land given to the tribe of Judah. The allotment for the clans of the tribe of Judah reached southward to the border of Edom, as far south as the wilderness of Zin. The southern boundary began at the south bay of the Dead Sea, ran south of Scorpion Pass into the wilderness of Zin, and then went south of Kadesh Barnea to Hezron. Then it went up to Adar, where it turned toward Karka. From there, it passed to Asmon until it finally reached the Brook of Egypt, which it followed to the Mediterranean Sea. This was their southern boundary. The eastern boundary extended along the Dead Sea to the mouth of the Jordan River. The northern boundary began at the bay where the Jordan River empties into the Dead Sea, went up from there to Beth Hoglah, then proceeded north of Beth Arabah to the stone of Bohan. Bohan was Reuben's son. From that point, it went through the valley of Ashur to Debir, turning north toward Gilgal, which is across from the slopes of Adumim, on the south side of the valley. From there, the boundary extended to the springs at En Shemesh and on to En Rogel. The boundary then passed through the valley of Ben-Hinnom along the southern slopes of the Jebusites, where the city of Jerusalem is located. Then it went west to the top of the mountain above the valley of Hinnom and on up to the northern end of the valley of Rephaim. From there, the boundary extended from the top of the mountain to the spring at the waters of Nephtoah, and from there to the towns on Mount Ephron. Then it turned toward Bela, that is, Kiriath-Jerim. The boundary circled west of Bela to Mount Seir, passed along to the town of Kesselon on the northern slope of Mount Jerim, and went down to Beth Shemesh and on to Timnah. The boundary then proceeded to the slope of the hill north of Ekron, where it turned toward Shekeron and Mount Bela. It passed Jabneel and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. The western boundary was the shoreline of the Mediterranean Sea. These are the boundaries for the clans of the tribe of Judah, the land given to Caleb. The Lord commanded Joshua to assign some of Judah's territory to Caleb, son of Jephunneh. So Caleb was given the town of Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, which had been named after Anak's ancestor. Caleb drove out the three groups of Anakites, the descendants of Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the sons of Anak. From there, he went to fight against the people living in the town of Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the one who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. 
Othniel, the son of Caleb's brother Kenaz, was the one who conquered it, so Aksa became Othniel's wife. When Aksa married Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. As she got down off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What's the matter? She said, Give me another gift. You have already given me land in the Negev. Now please, give me springs of water too. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs, the towns allotted to Judah. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Judah. The towns of Judah situated along the borders of Edom in the extreme south were Kabzeel, Eder, Jagur, Kina, Demona, Adada, Kedesh, Hazor, Ifnan, Ziph, Telem, Bealoth, Hazor Hadata, Kerioth Hezron, that is Hazor, Amam, Shema, Malada, Hazar Gada, Heshman, Beth Pelet, Hazar Shual, Beersheba, Biziothia, Bela, Lem, Izim, Eltolad, Kisil, Horma, Ziklag, Madmana, Sansana, Labaoth, Shilhem, Ain, and Ramon. 29 towns with their surrounding villages. The following towns situated in the western foothills were also given to Judah. Eshtael, Zora, Ashna, Zanoa, Enganem, Tapua, Enam, Jarmuth, Adullam, Soko, Azika, Shiraim, Adithaim, Gadara, and Gedarathaim. 14 towns with their surrounding villages. Also included were Zenon, Hadasha, Migdal Gad, Dillian, Mizpeh, Jokfiel, Lachish, Boskath, Eglon, Kabon, Lamam, Kitlish, Gadara, Beth Dagon, Nama, and Makeda, 16 towns with their surrounding villages. Besides these, there were Libna, Ether, Ashan, Ifta, Ashna, Nazib, Kila, Akzib, and Marisha, nine towns with their surrounding villages. The territory of the tribe of Judah also included Ekron and its surrounding settlements and villages. From Ekron, the boundary extended west and included the towns near Ashdod with their surrounding villages. It also included Ashdod with its surrounding settlements and villages and Gaza with its settlements and villages as far as the Brook of Egypt and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Judah also received the following towns in the hill country, Shamir, Jatir, Soko, Dana, Kiriath-Sana, that is Debir, Anab, Eshtimo, Anim, Goshen, Holan, and Gilo, 11 towns with their surrounding villages. Also included were the towns of Arab, Duma, Ishan, Janim, Beth Tapua, Afika, Humta, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, and Zior, nine towns with their surrounding villages. Besides these, there were Maon, Carmel, Zip, Jutah, Jezreel, Jogdeam, Zanoah, Cain, Gibeah, and Timnah, ten towns with their surrounding villages. In addition, there were Halhu, Beth Zer, Gedor, Marath, Beth Anath and El Tikan, six towns with their surrounding villages. There were also Kiriath Baal, that is Kiriath Jerem, and Rabbah, 
two towns with their surrounding villages. In the wilderness, there were the towns of Beth Araba, Medin, Sakaka, Nibshan, the city of Salt, and Engedi, six towns with their surrounding villages. But the tribe of Judah could not drive out the Jebusites who lived in the city of Jerusalem, so the Jebusites live there among the people of Judah to this day. Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 43, the rich man. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Then who in the world can be saved? He replied, What is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, We've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Jesus again predicts his death. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans and he will be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him, but on the third day, he will rise again. But they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. Jesus heals a blind beggar. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. All who saw it praised God too. Psalm 86, A Prayer of David Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I am devoted to you. 
Save me, for I serve you and trust you. You are my God. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I give myself to you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. No pagan God is like you, O Lord. None can do what you do. All the nations you made will come and bow before you, Lord. They will praise your holy name, for you are great and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. With all my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever. For your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. O oh God, insolent people rise up against me. A violent gang is trying to kill me. You mean nothing to them. But you, O oh Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Look down and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant. Save me, the son of your servant. Send me a sign of your favor. Then those who hate me will be put to shame. For you, O Lord, help and comfort me. Proverbs chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. The life of the godly is full of light and joy, but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for your word that informs, inspires, instructs, and invigorates us. Lord, we thank you for the stories of Joshua and the Israelites who show us the power of faith and obedience in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. Lord, let us learn from their experience. We thank you for the example of the rich ruler who shows us the cost of following you. Lord, your will and your way is not always easy, but it is always worth it. Lord, we thank you for the faith of the blind beggar who shows us the transformative power of what it looks like to encounter your love and your grace. Lord, we thank you for the Psalm of David, where he cries out to you in his time of need and acknowledges his utter reliance on you. Lord, we too acknowledge our dependence on you, our need for your guidance and your protection in this old troubled world. And Lord, we thank you for the Proverbs of Solomon, where we are reminded of the value of wisdom, the folly of pride, and the importance of humility. Lord, we ask that you would help us to apply your word to our lives immediately. Let us put it into action right away. Lord, help us to seek your wisdom and guidance in 
all that we do. Give us the courage to follow your will, even when it seems difficult, uncertain, or uncomfortable. And Lord, we ask for your protection and your provision for all those who are struggling today, for all those who are suffering. Lord, we ask that you would comfort those who mourn, heal those who are sick, and provide for those who are in need. Lord, as we continue to walk in your ways, help us to remain faithful, steadfast, always abounding in your work. Lord, we want to be ready and we want to be willing to give up everything for you, whatever it requires. Lord, we surrender, we submit. Help us to be grateful and joyful in your presence. And when we do face difficulties, difficulties that we know are coming, Lord, may we remember that you are a God who feels and a God who heals. You are the God who hears and the God who cares, the God who sees and the God who knows. Lord, we want you to know that we are here. We are here to serve. We are here to praise. We are here to honor, to listen and obey. We want to know you better and experience your love more fully. Help us to be open and receptive to your spirit that we might grow and flow in our faith and in your favor. Lord, right now, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they would be blessed by your word and by your spirit. I pray that they would feel your love today in a tangible way and that they would be empowered regardless of what's going on in their lives to walk with their heads held high, their shoulders back and their chins lifted because they are walking in your truth. Lord, I ask that you would reveal yourself to each person individually. Show them your unique plan and purpose for their lives. And as we depart from this podcast, this place of worship, I pray that you would give us a renewed sense of direction. I pray that you would give us the strength to be bold in our faith, knowing that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name. We honor, praise, and lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation for today, I am fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving creator who has a plan for me. And it's time for me to let go of all that stands in the way of seeing it fulfilled. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving creator who has a plan for me. And it's time for me to let go of all that stands in the way of seeing it fulfilled. And our aphorism, God is more concerned about who you are than what you do. And he is more concerned about what you do than where you do it. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for being here with me. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you and I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.